Let's go to Second Peter. Second Peter chapter one and verse twenty one. That's second Peter one and twenty one. It says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Here we realize that Peter is getting ready. He's, he's talking about his, his finishing up on the, in this world. And he's given some words of wisdom and some words of advice to those around him. And he said, Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now when we think about that word, moved, it's one thing, many people are moved in our world today. Uh, people are moved by politics. We've heard testimony tonight. Uh, I heard the word weird. Things are happening in our world, and, and it's true enough. If you would, that's, that's probably a good enough word to use for it. It's getting weirder by the moment. And it's moving people. It's causing people to do things that that's not normal. Media coverage. Uh, you don't know anymore what to watch on the television or listen to on the radio, what not, because it has a tendency to move us, sometimes in directions that's, that's not so nice. But to mo be moved by the Holy Ghost. Now there is something. To be moved by the Holy Ghost. Peter was saying here that the prophets of old, they never spoke their own words. They never spoke words that they had lain in bed at night and just wrote down some lines and rehearsed it. But they spoke and they prophesied as the Holy Ghost moved upon them. Prime example, if we go to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah chapter 20, <clears throat> Jeremiah chapter 20 and verse 9, we find here that Jeremiah has gotten to a place, you know, it, almost a similar scenario to what our world's in today. He had just gotten sick and tired of telling the people what they needed to do. And he said, well, I'm going to keep quiet. I'm going to shut up. And I'm no longer going to preach to the people because I guess maybe in his mind, in, in our language today, he was saying, well, I'm just wasting my time. Nobody's listening. Don't that sound familiar? Nobody's listening. But it says in verse 9, he said, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in mine heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. As much as Jeremiah wanted to stay quiet, there was something that was quickening him. There was something down in his life that was just putting a, well, he explained it as a fire in his bones. The Holy Spirit was in his life. The Holy Spirit was telling him, Jeremiah, as much as you want to stay quiet, you still have to proclaim my name. One can only imagine. We sing a chorus back home. I don't know if you sing it here. Burn on. Fire of God, burn on. Till all the dross is burnt away. Prepare me for the testing day, O oh, fire of God, burn on. And you know, if you had a fire burning, 
and a literal fire burning in your close proximity, wouldn't it cause you to move? I know I would. You want to, uh, well, you, the natural sense, you want to move away from it, but it would no doubt cause you to move. But what about when God's Spirit comes into our lives and He quickens us and He wants us to move out of the place that we are in and maybe draw closer to God? In physics, there's a word called inherit. It means an object that's not in motion. It's motionless. You take a rock, for example, a rock sitting there in your driveway. It's in hurt. It, 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 it can't move. Not on its own, it can't move. Something has to move it. And that movement in physics is called force. The term is called force. It causes an object to move from one position to another. Well, many times God will send down His Holy Spirit into the world and He will, it will move upon us as an individual. And just like Jeremiah felt that fire burning in his bones, the Holy Ghost sometimes will quicken our senses and want us to move out of where we are. You know, sometimes we can get in that comfort zone. Sometimes we can get in that place where we just want to just sit and enjoy the presence of the Lord, enjoy the worship part of the service, enjoy the things that are taking place in church. But there's more to it than that. That's yes, we're tasting the seeing that the Lord is good. But we want more of that. We want the meat of the gospel. We want God to move us out of those comfort places and get us in a place where like Jeremiah, we can let the world know that there still is a God. What stirs you? What moves you? Do the message from the Word of God move you? You know, when a preacher stands in the pulpit, I never dreamt. When I was a teenager, I was the shyest of the shy. I was in grade 12. I know you call it grade 12, level 3. I'm not sure what your terminology is here, but the last year of high school before I was actually socializing with anyone. I was that kid in the corner that nobody talked to, but that was my own fault because I never talked to nobody either. You know what I mean? Um, I had a guitar. I started six years old. I tell people that guitar was my girlfriend until I met my wife. But you know, God saved my soul in 1985, the spring of 1985, and He began to do a work in my life. He began to move me with His Spirit. He began to let me know that I could no longer be that person that I had to become what God wanted me to be. So God's Holy Spirit began to play upon my life. The message from the pulpit, I never dreamt. If someone had told me, Michael, when I was a teenager, Michael, you'll be standing in Portland church and preaching. I would say, there's something wrong with you. Yes, I would have. Well, you don't know where God is going to move you. No, you don't. A message is meant to move us, you know that? If the preacher preaches on sanctification and you don't have your sanctification, then it should move you to seek God for your sanctification. It should, it should cause you to be, get emotion. It should cause you to move. Sometimes it takes a little extra effort on God's part, don't it? Well, in physics, there's another term. It's called friction. And sometimes there's, there's what they call starting friction or static friction. Which means to get something started, it takes a little extra force to get it going. But once you get it going, it starts to flow really well. 
And sometimes God got to nudge us. If the preacher preaches from the pulpit on your baptism and you don't have it, then it should cause you to move. You don't come out to church just to be entertained by the preacher, do you? Because that's not what the Word is for. The Word is meant to move you. To move me. Even the preacher that stands in the pulpit, I am just, I just pray that I can be the, the, the voice or the messenger for God. But that message applies to every single one that's in the congregation, that God would move us. If the preacher preaches that we need to earnestly contend for the faith, if the preacher preaches that we need to get down and pray, if the preacher encourages us from the Word that we need to be prayerful and pray without ceasing, what am I doing about it? That message is meant to move you. In Acts chapter 12, Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 12, verse 5, a very familiar account here. We find Peter's tossed in prison. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and the light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. Isn't that something? And the angel said, in verse 8, The angel said unto him, Gird thyself and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true that was done by the angel and thought he saw a vision. He said to himself, I'm dreaming here. It's too good to be true. Chains fell off. The gates of the prison came open. I'm walking out a free man. Isn't that wonderful? But you know what was taking place while Peter was in prison? There was a good old prayer meeting taking place. And you know, you want to see something move, move the hand of God, it's a good old prayer meeting. It will move the hand of God. It certainly will. If we want to see, we talk sometimes about a revival. Well, what is a revival? A revival is when God's Spirit comes down in a mighty way and large numbers of people are affected by the moving of the Holy Spirit. People are saved. People are sanctified. People are baptized. It's, it's, it's a movement. When we think about the day of Pentecost, when the Spirit came into that upper room like a mighty rushing wind and tongues up as far as it were up on their heads and they received the gift of the Holy Ghost. To me, that's a picture of revival. But to get there, we got to let God's Spirit move us into a place where we need to be. When we get in that place, we can become an extension of God's hand. But until we do, until we get there, God has a little bit of moving to do on us. His spirit. Have you ever felt God quicken your spirit? Have you ever God, have you ever had uh, the spirit of the Lord come up on you during testimony meeting and you say, I got to get up and testify. 
the spirit moving up. I, I got to get up and testify, and your heart starts to beat, and and, and, you, and you can't seem to get the nerve to get up, and and you say, well, if I don't get up, my heart's going to stop. It's it's that feeling, but you know you got to get up. Well, God's spirit is moving you to get up and tell what you what He has done for you. You know, God don't. God's Spirit don't move us to do something that's against His will or against Him. Everything that God has for our life and every place He wants us to be, it's for a purpose for His glory. When we think about those prison doors that came open, I've got children that were not saved. So do you. We want God's Spirit to move upon them. I want God's Spirit to move upon my sons and my daughter. You have them out there. We all have them out there. And we say, oh God, would you once move upon their hearts? Talk to them in a place where they won't have no choice but to get down before you. And you know, when when Peter was bound in prison in chains, that good old prayer meeting took place. And that prayer meeting moved the hand of God and the angel went into that prison and opened up everything for Peter to get out. And you know, we've got loved ones out there in sin. They're bound in the chains of sin. And if we get down and pray, pray unto God, God's Spirit will move upon those individuals and we will hear in faith, we will hear the breaking of chains and they will come home to know the Lord. I wouldn't pray for my family if I didn't believe they was not going to be saved. What would be the point? But when I get down and pray for my children, I believe... And through my eyes, we got a lady back in Rodigan. She gets up and testifies. Her husband is not saved, but she's praying that her husband would get saved. And she said she she's seen her husband walking down the aisle to give his heart to the Lord. Why? Because the Spirit has moved upon her to have that faith to believe that. He's not saved yet, but she's believing it. Get him back to Jeremiah. You feel that fire burning in your bones? You get down to pray. Sometimes you get down to pray and who kneels down beside you? The devil, dude, don't he? I remember when I knelt down uh, seeking in Labrador in Canada, the northern part of, uh, of Canada, and I wanted my sanctification. I don't know what the message was that night, but God was moving in my life. I felt the drawing that I need to seek that experience. And I knelt down, there was a little small church, knelt down to pray, and I was working in the wood bush at the time, swinging a chainsaw, and just starting in the bush as a young man, and very tired. I knelt down to pray, and the devil knelt down beside me and said, Michael, you're tired tonight. Go on home. Get up and go home. You, you try next Sunday. Well, you know, God's Spirit moved up on my heart. And let me know that I needed it tonight, not next week. I needed it now. And I begin to reach out to God. I begin to feel God's Spirit moving up on my soul and moving up on my heart. But I just couldn't seem to make that leap of faith. And Sister Edna Jensen was down there at the time from here. She knelt down beside me and she said, Michael, she said, you know, it's a gift. She said, you don't have to beg for it. Just reach out and take it. 
You know, God moved upon her life to come and speak to me. And that's how it works. And that night, when I realized what I was doing, I was walking the perimeter of that sanctuary, not even knowing I was doing it, with my hands in the air, but I was sanctified. Why? Because somebody had allowed the Spirit to move them around the altars of prayer. We need to be sensitive to God's Spirit. Sometimes a brother, a sister, maybe reaching out to the Lord, and maybe God will come to you and say, go help that person pray. You know, we should, we should be moved by that, to do that. Sometimes a sinner could be sitting in the, in a presence in a sanctuary somewhere, and God could reach out to somebody and say, go have a word of encouragement to that person. That is God's Spirit moving you to do something. I want to be moved by God's Spirit, don't you? I don't want the things of the world to move me. That's going to vanish or fade away. But I want God's Spirit to be able to move. I want to be sensitive enough to know when it is God's Spirit in my life, when God wants me to do something. What's He asking you to do tonight? What is God saying to you tonight? We're about to come down around the altar and pray. What is God, how is He moving up on your life tonight to come down and pray? Is there a particular prayer that you need answered? And maybe you need to get down there and let God just move upon your life in a beautiful way. Because when God moves in your life, there's nothing like it. You won't find anything in this world like it. When God moves in your life, it's, a, it's, it's just indescribable. There's nothing in this world that can even come close to when you feel God's Spirit in your life. I can only imagine Jeremiah once again getting back to that fire burning in his bones. I can, I can only just begin to imagine what that must have felt like. But if the fire is burning in your bones, the world will notice it. You know that? The world notices a fire. I live in a, I, I was a fire chief for a little while in a small town that we lived in. And in a small town here, you hear a siren. Well, something's going down the road with a siren on it. But in a small town, when the fire truck goes down the road, the old town follows the fire truck. Everybody's curious. It's something new to fire. We have a fire. But you know, you get a church on fire. You get a church that's willing to be moved by God's Spirit. And the world will notice it. The world will see it. When I go out into the world this coming week, if the Lord should tarry, and someone look at me and they say, there goes somebody that the Spirit of the Lord is moving up on it. I don't care how weird the world is getting. They'll notice you. They'll notice you. And the more we allow God's Spirit to move us, you know, Jeremiah, when he began to preach to the people, you know, he had a message. And that message was loud and clear, whether the people wanted to hear it or not. And we have a message today. We have a message of the gospel to give to the world around us, whether they want to hear it or not, they need to hear it. And, you know, I still believe there are souls out there that God is going to move upon and bring in. If there's one here tonight and you don't know the Lord, my encouragement to you, do you feel the Lord talking to you? Do you feel God saying, come on home? Come on home. You've been out there long enough. 
Let God move you. You won't be disappointed. It might be hard to make that first step. But once you make that step towards Calvary, Jesus will meet you there. So God bless you tonight. 389 is going to be the song.